0: Welcome to the podcast from ThatGuitarLover.com My name's Ross. I'll be your host for these episodes. Enjoy! Welcome to the podcast at ThatGuitarLover.com As an acknowledged gearhead, I spend a lot of time in music stores. I like to see what makers bring out, particularly stuff that is not just a rehash of something that first appeared over 60 years ago. Look, I get the aura of a 56 Strat or a 59 Les Paul or a 59 Bassman or a 63 Marshall, yada, yada, yada. But time's moved on, and so have the tools available to us as musicians. Yes, I am a more vintage fellow myself. And looking around my studio, there are mostly tube amplifiers. I like them. They're heavy. They're all capable of deafening volume They get hot, and they run on expensive and increasingly hard-to-find vacuum tubes. All lovely things unless you want to get full tones at bedroom volume, or take your amp to a small gig and not need a Sherpa to carry the thing. Those are some of the reasons why there's also a Yamaha THX-30 Mod 2 in my office, and both a Kemper Stage and a Neuro Quad Cortex here in the studio. I have a fairly discerning ear, but I also know the science that says auditory memory is more foo-foo dust than reality. I played through dozens of Marshall stacks, and they sounded different, even playing one after the other. So if the Marshall stack in my quad cortex sounds a little bit different from the custom Super Lead Mark II in the studio, that's really not that big a deal. I've started the episode with that very long preface because I fear that younger or newer musicians are being oversold or are overbuying their amp. It's not 1968 anymore. The guitar or bass amp doesn't need to fill a stadium. It could be miked and run through a PA or in many cases run DI direct straight into the PA or a recording console people tell me that a digital Super Reverb sounds nothing like a vintage Super Reverb. However, if I play back recordings of an old Super Reverb, and recordings from the Quad Cortex with a Super Reverb model loaded, no one so far has been able to tell me which is which. Okay, you play electric guitar or a bass. You need an amp. Your first use case is to be able to play at home, without annoying the other people who live there, the neighbors, your pets, and anything else that's not fond of really loud. You may be a player who's only time to play and practice is when others are asleep. So you want amp tone, but you need to get through headphones. Good headphones, not those crappy stick-em-in-your-ear stuff that cost 20 bucks, but decent over-the-ear headphones. But that's a different rant. Perhaps you also want to use some effects, but your budget or space doesn't allow for a rat's nest of effects pedals in their cables. And maybe you've already taken the time to look at one of those all-in-one pedal units and found the user interface only slightly less confusing than a touchscreen with all the functions labeled in Klingon. I do have an answer for you on the subject of amps, and it may be surprising to hear this coming from an old guitar and bass player who admittedly grew up thinking anything that wasn't tube and was less than 100 watts of Class A power was pointless. Times have changed. You're probably best off with a digital modeling combination amp. There are a couple of schools of thought in the design of these things, and you get to choose which one suits you better. We're going to start with using Fender as an example. They have very nice sounding digital modeling amps With new technology, great sounding speakers, and a bunch of digital effects loaded into the amp as presets. These presets are editable, of course, but they're set up by design to let you scroll through the presets, find the ones that you like the most, or that best suit your music. Yeah, maybe it's a lot of scrolling at first start, but you will likely find some sounds that you like fairly quickly... Because to their credit, unlike some of the big multi-function pedal preset makers, the presets aren't built to use every darn effect at its most nasty and useless level. My experience with the Fender, Mustang, and Rumble lineups in this space is that those presets are pretty darn good. Yeah, there's some that are, okay, they sound horrible, but most of them are really good. And you can tweak the settings by diving into the menus That makes the amps really usable, very fast to get going with. In the guitar space, as I said, look at the Mustang lineup. And if you're a bass player, look to the Rumble lineup, particularly the Rumble LT25 that I'm going to talk about. These amps are superb value for the money and they've got a DI out to go to a recording interface or particularly your computer via USB. And they've also got a headphone jack so you can practice and play with amp volume in your ears and silence outside. The other approach that's taken in these type of amps is taken by folks like Boss and their Katana series. Now, let me be clear. Fender and Boss aren't the only players in this game, but they're very popular. And the product quality is super high. Like Fender, Boss has both guitar and bass versions. Cantanas can also use presets. They're more aligned to the player who wants to pick and choose effects and then manually adjust them individually. A bit more work to find your tones, but perhaps more control over them when you do. Earlier in the episode, I talked about 100 watt Class A power. Most digital modeling amps use Class D power. Class D and Class A power are not equivalent. So a 50-watt Class D is not as potentially loud as a 50-watt Class A. A 50-watt Class A will make you deaf if you light it up full tilt at home. Back in the 60s, when Eric Clapton was playing with John Mayle, his Marshall 1936 combo that he did run full tilt was putting out less than 50 watts, and it was so loud, the other band members and sound engineers couldn't hear themselves think. A 50-watt Class D is about as loud, roughly, speaker efficiency not considered, as a 12-watt Class A. 12 watts may sound like not so much, but if you've ever revved up one of those old Fender Champs or Fender Princetons, you realize that this is plenty loud enough. My point is don't get hooked up on wattage. Go for the sound. Money is another good reason to consider going digital. We're going to start with a guitar. We're going to look at a very, very high quality, low power tube amp combo. Tube being the key word here. In that space, you can't go wrong with the Blackstar HT5R Mark II. It's a wonderful little amplifier. It has two independent channels that both sound great. And that five watt power section is more than loud enough for home use. And of course you can mic it and send it to a PA if you're playing a gig. You can also drive it really hard because it's five watts and it's got a power tap function. You can turn the power down to half a watt a Watt can still get pretty loud, surprisingly. It's got a single 12-inch speaker, USB direct out for recording, weighs in at about 12.4 kilograms, so it's pretty portable. It's got a headphone out jack with speaker emulation. It doesn't have any fa- effects other than reverb, and it retails for 769 Canadian dollars. So that's entry-level tube at just under 800 bucks. Now, if we go to digital, we could look at the Boss Katana 50 Mark II. This is a 50 watt combo with a 12 inch speaker, a choice of 15 different effects built in, use up to five at a time. It has recording out. It has headphone out with speaker emulation. It has three cabinet variations and it has five predefined channels. There's also the Boss Tone Studio software, where you can predefine your own presets on your computer and upload them to the amp via USB. It weighs in a little lighter at 11.6 kilograms. And here's the big difference. It retails for $369 Canadian. So you do, in fact, get a lot more for your money and you get to keep $400 in your pocket. And of course, if you want to play along with music you've got on your phone, there is an aux-in jack so you can plug your phone into the amplifier and jam with your favorite tunes. Now let's suppose you're a bass player. In this space, you can get into a Fender Rumble LT25. I mentioned that earlier. For about $249 Canadian. The Rumble LT25 is built For quick adoption, it's got 50 presets, 15 different amplifier simulations, and 20 built-in effects. It's got an 8-inch speaker and USB out to your computer for recording and also for firmware upgrades. There is, as you would expect, vendor software available, and the whole package weighs less than 9 kilograms. I know for a fact that the LT25 sounds good as I had one set up as a direct computer unit for making backing bass tracks really quickly. Now you could go up, get, you know, 30 Watts in a more traditional design with the Blackstar Unity 30. It has three voices and three effects in that more traditional design, but it's going to increase your cost to about $433 Canadian. So you're paying more, it's a fine amplifier, but you're getting less functionality. And in the bass world, if you want tubes, you're gonna be well over $1,000 for the power and preamp head alone, no speakers. So I'm gonna to propose to you as the musician looking for an amplifier, consider the cost, the space it's gonna take the weight of the amp and how usable it is for your personal use cases. I expect you're going to find that in the digital modeling amp space, you're going to be able to find a great sounding amp with incredible scalability for a lot less than what you thought you might have to spend and definitely less expensive than traditional tube or solid state. As always, Thanks for listening, and until next time, peace.